Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Introducing the new loaded scratchers from DC Lottery. These scratchers are loaded with cash prizes of $50, $100, $500, $1,500, and $5,000. And chances to win up to $250,000. These games are absolutely stuffed, jammed, overflowing. You might even say, loaded? Play the games that are packed with $7.5 million in cash prizes. Get your loaded scratchers today. The I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. The Bill is Curious Soul. Goldilocks Productions presents The Deep Reading. <laughs> Connecting you to your soul show. This is Suzanne Wyman, The Deep Psychic. Welcome and thank you for joining me today. <clears throat> Please think about the commentary that you're listening to today and that you relate to. I want you to feel included and know that if this conversation resonates to who and what you are, then you are part of something greater than yourself. The universe is connecting to you and answering your questions. So here we are on Thursday afternoon. It's 12 noon here in Dana Point, California. And I want you to know that if you're listening today and you'd like to call in, um, I'm going to see if I can do a few call-in guests. The number to call in is 206-806-9965. You can call me and talk to me personally and leave me a message at 714-400-7384. The idea is, is that through a process of empowerment, <clears throat> I connect you to the very deepest part of your soul it is not a shallow, superficial reading. It is a very, very deep reading that takes you to a different place. Moving you past your um, limiting uh, past beliefs and putting you into a position to understand what truly motivates you and why some of the patterns keep reemerging in your life. 
So, um, let's see if my daughter would like to come on and share some of her great insights about astrology and what's going on. Catherine, is that you? Yep. How are you today, Catherine? Hi. I'm good. How are you? Really good. So, is today the first day of Mercury retrograde or the second day? The first day. It is. Oh, okay. And were you feeling it this morning? <laughs> um, no, because I had no expectations of myself. Um, I didn't expect myself to do much of anything today, so... Um, you know, I let everything wait until the last moment. That's what I did. That's how I understood. <laughs> well, what happens happens. How about you? I mean, you work you work in a um, you work in the law field, so everything is about being on time. Everything is black and white. Um, I mean, I feel yeah. I mean. We always have to, like, watch our communications during Mercury Retrograde with emails, you know, stuff so easily misconstrued in emails, and that's a majority of our communication. So just going back and clarifying those. But, um, you know, I know those around me are experiencing their appliances falling apart, and, you know, when it rains, it pours. So, you know, just... Uh-huh. But if you know... So I think there's, like, an ease to it if you kind of know, oh, this is Mercury Retrograde, and, you know... It'll it'll end soon, but um, you know there's a lot there's a lot. I mean, I'm just reviewing all of my stuff that's going on in June, and it is just so much. And we haven't had a chance to like cover it on the on the podcast, but it's just it's a lot of energy that we are experiencing this month, and it's it's really um, interesting to tie it back to like the events that we're seeing on a global scale. Let's do it. So Let's do it. Can you, I don't know if your phone is in position right, but your voice sounds just a little bit down. It's a little bit soft. Is that any better? Ah, that's much better. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's all about the position of those those uh, headphones, right? <laughs> okay. So go through, the, go through the astrological aspects that we're currently um, experiencing. We've just stepped into Mercury retrograde, and I felt the wobble for two days before. Yeah, so it's um, so I actually want to go back to like June third because we've been talking about all those planets in retrograde, and so Venus. You know, we had the rebirth of Venus back on June third, so and it's an important part of the retrograde cycle. Um, and it was kind of interesting because that was the time frame where a lot of places were enforcing curfews and um, things related to the protests. So, but it's it's you know supposed to signify a time of healing. Um, the themes are love, forgiveness, communication. Um, so I mean I think we're seeing that on a on a big scale right now, and then. Uh, June 5th was the lunar eclipse in Sagittarius. Wow. So um, this is supposed to bring a massive shift around spirituality, uh, higher education, freedom, travel. um, And so issues on these topics kind of 
change the way we see the world, right? And so a lot of, um, so looking back, you know, that was when federal law enforcement were kind of dispatched through the protests. And, um, but it was interesting, I looked and I saw, you know, Sagittarius wants the truth. So if something's yeah. hidden, um, you know, revelations in this time frame can really change how the world, the world stage is presented going forward. So, so Sagittarius, Sagittarius is ruled by, um, I never can remember this, but I always think of Sagittarius as, as the centaur, and so the centaur is about taking um, who and what you know at the physical level, the animal nature of hum- humanity, and crossing over into the spiritual side, the higher evolution of mankind. And um, the king of the centaurs, Chiron, he brought us, Poetry, music, war, and healing. All those seems, things seem contradictory, but to dream of a centaur is to dream of a hero's journey. Oh, okay. I so, like that. So Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter. Wow. Wow. That is really heavy then. That really gets into some heavy material. Because it's not healing like healing. It's healing the actual problem and then eliminating the problem that's preventing the healing. So it's setting a stage for these things to turn and evolve. Yeah, so kind of removing the obstacles, stepping, it's supposed to be about stepping into our power. Um, You know, we're reminded that we're more powerful and knowing than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah. And I think we, we have seen that, you know, there's a great power to communities, um, you know, sharing their voice on these issues. And, and we were seeing a lot of change happen very quickly because, um, you know, people are listening. Good. So. Um, it, is, it is interesting. I always say that anger is unexpressed love and rage is to protect you. So um, two, two processes that are often thought of as one process but have very, very different uh, application of understanding them and using them effectively. So, um, yeah, so love, love that isn't expressed becomes anger, anger, resentment, and self-justification, whereas rage, you feel rage, I assure you, in some way or another, you feel like you're in danger. So it's like a emotional form of self-preservation. Yes. Yes. So, um, you know, a person who's fragile and has no sense of self and has a big ego, they're going to fall into rage a lot, and that's not productive rage. That's just somebody who becomes a rageaholic and enjoys all the hormones that are released from raging. And that's not a productive process. There's a difference. Yeah, I'm sh- and it's. I mean, there's a lot with our brain chemistry and emotions and things that our body does automatically to protect us or, um, you know, engage those flight or fight. You know, just automatic life responses. So it's. Um, but it's also interesting to see how we can you know, get addicted to those emotional chemicals 
the same way, you know, people get addicted to substances. Right, right. So so you, you went through the first pieces of June and what's going on. So our focus is about allowing love to be born and really, really working on the deeper causes of creating a greater healing and a more powerful change in the world. The biggest difference that we're seeing today, of course, is that something that happens locally becomes something that happens worldwide. And so there is no more separation within our societies and our cultures. There's just the media and how we connect with one another. Yeah, so we kind of carry some, we carry that energy into this retrograde because we're um, in between those eclipses. So we had, you know, our the lunar eclipse on the 5th and then we have a solar eclipse um, on the 20th. So Mercury retrograde starts in that eclipse bridge. So there's just a lot of intensity. Um, but Mercury retrograde starts today and goes until July 12th. It's in Cancer. Um, So it's going to be, I mean, we're going to be really sensitive emotionally. Um, So Mercury is about communication, right? And so communication is going to have a big impact in, um, so, so, you know, words that are harsh or maybe maybe they don't necessarily have malintent but we take them um you know offensively are going to be felt a little more deeper and then those kind words are going to be felt with intense love so it's really about how our communication affects our emotions Hmm. wow well i have to say um I've seen so many people um, die in a really short period of time in my own personal life. I know that that's not the. I know that that's not me as an isolated individual. I think that I'm experiencing what other people are experiencing. I mean, there's just there's just a lot of um, people that have decided that you know they've done their time here on the planet and they're ready to move on to the spirit world and. You know, it's a tough it's a tough thing to watch. It really is. So the theme for the call in today is talking about grief. And so talk about talk about the planetary aspects that are going on around grief because you said an unkind word is taken internally in a wounding fashion and kind words are taken with a lot of love. So there could be a distortion on either one of those processes very easily. Yeah, um, I mean, I think June is just an intense month energetically. So if you're going through a process of grieving, I mean, um, it's so. And with grief, we experience so many different uh, stages of emotion, right? They, there's the five stages of grief um, that Elizabeth Kubler Ross talks about. Um, I think one of her students adds on a sixth a sixth stage, but, you know, and then we experience them not always in that order that she lays them out, right? We go through um, through all of those things. So I think the thing to keep in mind, um, especially while we're in this Mercury retrograde is, and especially if you're feeling grief, is that there's, 
you know, no shoulds to emotions, right? It's all your emotions are valid and um, we're allowed to experience them and and go through those stages. It's going to feel more intense right now. So I think, you know, just the caveat being that when when communication is happening, um, to just be aware of how it's making you feel and, and maybe being aware that that might be distorted, might be a distorted communication in your in how you've interpreted it. Okay. So um, let's, let's talk about how people generally view retrograde and what are the things that we say you um, have an opportunity to delay or wait until this retrograde passes. Let's talk about signing contracts, making agreements, buying electrical appliances. Let's talk about the more day-to-day practical things that happen during retrograde that we've been taught, you know, this isn't the time. This is time to think about it, talk about it, but not to do it. Right. So, um, no. I mean, just expect that you're going to need more time for travel. You're going to need, um, you know, just expect technical glitches. Um, expect, you know, maybe something, you know, maybe time to get your, your car looked at, things like that. I like um, Teresa Reed has a golden rule for retrograde, and it's add re, R-E, before everything. So redo, rethink, repair, and relax. Mm. So, yeah, it's not a time to start new things. Um, I've talked about it, you know, always as kind of a spring cleaning. Go back, clear out that stuff you've been meaning to do that's already started, but not starting new things. And um, just kind of expecting that things might go awry and just if I find that if you're prepared for things not going perfectly, then, um, you know, you kind of lower the bar on your expectations so you're not as upset or disappointed when they don't go right. It's true. That's really true. What about, what about the part about signing a contract or buying a new refrigerator or anything like that? Um you can do it. It's not like a, a you know, a forbidden. Um, it's just we say that if you do it, you might have to do it three times over, right? So you might have to go back and do one piece of it again. Or um, so it's just you know, I say if you have to do, if you can wait on those things, then wait. If you have to do it, make sure that you are giving it ample attention and time to thoroughly vet any warranties, um, you know, just take take your time with it and go back and especially with, you know, communication with others, just participating in that active listening. And don't be afraid to ask questions, right? Like um, this is also going to be a time where we find our voice. So, you know, a lot of times I think we get intimidated by authority. So it's like, you know, someone tells you something and it's like, um, you know, it's a time to go back and just, just ask them, right? Just okay. go, I mean, I don't know. That's my that's my interpretation. What's your thought on that? I think during retrograde, you're going to, um, you just have to be really accepting of the fact that people aren't necessarily going to understand what you're about and what you're doing. And it's no time for you to try and, 
you know, fix that understanding. I mean, you know, it's it's just a cycle that goes on. And so my theory on it is is to give people space. But I also won't sign a contract to buy an electrical appliance or be surprised by showing up at the store and their their system's down. I mean, it's kind of like, to me, it's like, well, it's uh, the process of communication in some way or another stalls, and we never know exactly how the retrograde is going to play out. This retrograde relates to home, and people that value home are going to feel it more deeply, you know, so it's different. It's always different each time. I mean, one time uh, during retrograde, stuff got lost. I mean, I couldn't find anything. Stuff that I expected to show up was lost. It got, you know, it was supposed to arrive. It didn't arrive. Um, you know, so each retrograde kind of has its own little um, little specific sort of spot to it. And the last retrograde we had was um, in January. Is that right? I think so. Um I always notice a lot of car accidents are on retrograde. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Take your time. Don't. Our last retrograde was in February. Okay, what were the dates on that one? The 16th through March 10th. Yeah, huh. And then I, I think it was I, in Pisces. And I thought that that was part of the reason why the problems with the pandemic, you know, got so serious you know, because of that gap in there, the lack of communication and the lack of clear communication. But you know, it's more of a private opinion than anything else. It's not based on not based on anything else I can really relate it to. So, um, okay. So you said there's several energetic things happening in June. There's the eclipse, um, and then there's this retrograde. What else? <clears throat> Excuse me. So, the, so there's a new moon solar eclipse in Cancer on the 20th, and it happens zero degrees Cancer while we also move into summer solstice. Ooh, that should be really powerful. What's the great benefit of that? I can see some of the problems, but what's the benefit of it? So I guess the benefit of something being at zero degrees is that it's a point of infinite possibilities. Okay. And then... um, so, and I guess because, so I was reading that, I never heard of this, a global axis, but oh, yeah. I guess okay. zero degrees cancer is a global axis, so it's a really highly charged point. Yeah. So, but I've never heard of a global axis. Um, it's, I guess it's an opening of a new timeline, a new uh, world, a new dimension. Right, it's very rare that it occurs. I'm trying to think of another time when one happened. But um, there's people that go to specific positive vortexes so they can feel it and they get energized from it. I mean, you know, I mean, some people have that kind of that luxury of being able to go into that place and look at the timing of it and say, okay, this is when it hits this particular spot. And then they, they have an experience with it. But, you know, obviously that's, a great point because the whole idea of what home represents has shifted during this chapter because through our computer and our telephone, we're truly connected to one another. There no longer is any sort of separation. Even inside of your home, there really isn't your, you're you not separated from the rest of humanity. 
So apparently that piece of understanding shifts into the human consciousness. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just showing us, like, we've already kind of created this new world, this new normal, and um, so it kind of seems like this, uh, you know, eclipse is, is like, you know, we've we've kind of burned everything away that's no longer needed, and you know, it's giving us that opportunity to step forward into the the new journey. Okay, perfect. So, um, is there any other astrological aspect going on in June? Those are those are so great June, ones. That's great. June twenty second, we have our sixth planet in retrograde, Neptune oh. goes retrograde in Pisces. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That's so funny. Boy, talk about people's emotions going into this strange sort of undercurrent of not really understanding of how their, their, how their emotions really focus their responses to the world and how they live their life. I mean, Neptune is the ruler of Pisces. So we get a um, double whammy with that piece because, you know, if you have if you have negative emotions about something, you're not going to be able to manifest anything while that while that retrograde goes on. How long does that one last? Neptune is a large planetary process, so how long does that last? I don't have that in front of me, but okay, I'll. I'll, we can talk about it next week on the dates and what that retrograde brings. So, um, but it's—I guess—it's supposed to be like a reality check. So we can't ignore those truths. It hmm. kind of brings answers to some confusing information. Huh. So we'll be able to see what's real, what's false. Uh, I, you know, the thing of Neptune finally sunk in for me as the planet of illusions when I understood the myth of the waves looking like horses and how it, that illusion of the waves looking like something else, right? Because Neptune is um, the god of the ocean. Right. One of the, so there's, there's the, the brothers, there's, there's uh, Hades or Pluto, and then there's Neptune, and then there is um, there's Jupiter, and so the brothers are um, they're the more powerful sources because their their children um, are the demigods, but the illusions the illusions with them it, it, the water represents emotion, so it's the illusions of the water. I've talked to I mean if you if you were to ask me my preference on how I would work, I would say that. If I have to work a lot of hours as a psychic, if you put me on under a full moon and you put me near the water, it's easier because I can take and pull up what people's illusions are so much easier because I have the benefit of the water and the moon supporting that process. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's like people have illusions, but people don't realize that they carry those illusions and live by them. And so if you sit and you talk with somebody and you help them to see them, it, it changes their reality. You well, yeah, I guess it wouldn't be an illusion if they were aware of it. You know, it wouldn't be 
Right. They wouldn't know it was an illusion if they knew. Yeah, so. Yeah, so those illusions are are changed. Right. So it does go direct on November 28th. Okay, good. So a lot of those planets go back to being direct in the fall. Okay, good, good. That's really good news. Yeah, um, so all psychics, all psychics, all people that work with energy work better near a large body of water. It doesn't matter if it's a stream or a lake or an ocean. It doesn't matter. And so that's just sort of a tool we use. People aren't even conscious that they're using that tool. They just say, well, I, I did some of my best work when I, I went down to a boat and did this reading for this woman. They, they're just not even, sometimes they're not even aware of it. I personally am aware of it just because I don't have to send out as much energy in order to receive a response. So there is part of that work that is resolved for you. But, Katrina, you have been absolutely helpful. Can you wrap this up? You've got like two minutes to wrap this up with me. (laughs) Okay. Um, I mean, I guess it's just, well, I'm trying to think of like how we tie it into your theme of grief. But I mean, um, it's so it's just a sen- it's a sensitive retrograde. I guess the advantage is, you know, choosing words and thoughts that feel good. Um, you know, doing a lot of self care. Um, maybe maybe just being aware of those uh, thoughts. You know, that self talk tape that we all have inside of our head. Maybe kind of paying attention to what that that brings about in us and maybe time to shift it. Um, so how does that tie in with grief, with what you're talking about? Well, um, anytime we go into a situation of where our emotions are focused and um, there's, no more, um, there's no more illusions. So, um, yeah, that does tie into grief. I mean, a lot of grief is often about guilt or feeling sorry for yourself, in my opinion. And I think there's a lot of true grief over the sadness over not having that person connected with us on the physical plane. But the other part of it is is that um, by having this astrological aspect happen at this point in time, you you are freed of some of the illusions that you've been carrying around emotionally. So it's a very it's a very good, very very beneficial process at this moment. Yeah, and Cancer is about home. Um, you know, the ruling planet is the moon, which is in a chart our emotions, right? So yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I also, um, I'm also i looking at, you know, my I like my Parker's astrology, and uh-huh. uh, they have, you know, the associations of Cancer, and they have uh, white flowers, lilies and white roses. So it's just funny. I'm thinking, you know, talking to you, we're talking about grief and, White lilies and white roses are always associated with um, a family member passing on. In my wow. in my experience, right, right, absolutely. Okay, well, Catherine, will you do this again for us next week? I'm gonna I'm gonna bring on Stephanie to talk. Sure. Okay. Thank you so much, darling. I love you. Love you too. All right. Bye. Bye. Well. Um, let's see, I've got Hello. another person. Hey, Stephanie, I, um, I love you so much, 
And thank um, you. I love your mom so much, and uh, I know. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I really yeah. Am. I know. I, I, I know. I know. I know. So 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 talk to me, and let's let's um let's do some let's do some powerful work on this whole process with you. It's it's emotional, it's fragile. I just came home last night from my father's funeral. So That's hard. That's very hard. I'm in the same um, place I, as you are today. I'm in the same place. So Well, yes, although it's a little different because I've had my mother with me and she she passed away yesterday morning at six fifty two. Okay. And I was blessed by share with sharing her last breath. Oh, I'm so happy for you. It was. It was a very, you know, I uh, we had gone to bed the night before. We uh, sort of checked in on her. We knew she was close. We checked on in in on her over the you know the course of the night. In the morning, I got up and she was her breath was extremely shallow. So I texted the family. I let them all know that this we were very very close. And um, you know, I went in, got a drink of water, and I came back to stand with her. And I touched her shoulder, and she just one little, <gasps> and that was the last. You know, that breath kind of slowly escaped it wasn't an exhale it was just an inhale and then the slow escape of breath and um, it's because I've had such a long time to prepare I it's a very interesting feeling because I know that I am experiencing deep grief Mm-hmm. But at the moment, it's it's it doesn't feel uh, I don't feel heartbroken at all. I feel blessed, and I have a I have an ache. You know, I'm I'm aching, but it's it's almost a shadow ache. I don't know if that makes sense. It's it's not. It's sort of like a I, I can't explain it other than it feels a little bit like a shadow ache. So, I came and saw your mom on Saturday. I know. Because it was really lovely. And um, I saw her crown chakra beginning to open and the white light coming in. So I knew that, I knew it was a matter of, you know, hours or days. It was right down to it because in the end, that crown chakra opens and then the light goes through the crown chakra. We come into life and we come into the first chakra. We go out of the life and we go into the crown chakra. So, um, yeah. and and you see when you when you're with somebody and they're making this transition, you see them reminiscing in their mind about the thoughts and the conversations and the things in their life. It's a very 
um, there's only place for one person in that journey when they go through those those stages, and each person does it. So, um, you know what a what a wonderful, loving, good daughter you are, and what a great gift you gave your mother to give her such such dignity and such love, and and to be there. So, I think I think the way that a person you you think you know you think you know what your sadness is about, but part of you wants to protect yourself. So, because you don't know if somebody's going to be loving and kind with you and support who you are, or if somebody's just going to give you throw a frisbee at you, which is a cliche saying. And so, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for laughing. <laughs> so, so you sit in this position of being you know, really rather guarded, um, which, you know, I mean, a lot of people don't really know the right thing to say when somebody passes. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. And it's, it doesn't mean, you know, it, it really means, you know, that they acknowledge that you've had a loss. Yeah. So, you know, and, you know, I, I know how much your mother you know, loved you and how much you loved your mother. And, you know, and I saw all the sacrifices that you made in order to make sure your mother was cared for. So, you know, but it's still very complex because I'm sure in some ways, Stephanie, you're still really rather surprised by by the sadness. And you call it a shadow of a feeling inside of yourself where you ache. But it is still it is still the same grief process. It, it doesn't, you know. That you know, I totally get that. I'm. I think the surprise that I'm having is is the fact that it's. I, I am surprised that I've been given permission to have uh, to be sheltered. Hmm. You know, I really feel like. If I were really feeling everything that I could feel at this point, I would be doubled over, and yet I am not. I am calm. I am. I really believe that this was. It's more than a belief. I feel at my core that this was the, this was like, the absolute perfect ending. This was the gift. This was, you know, it was, it was absolutely in divine order. So I know that and I feel that. Um, and I also know that inside it, it, it's very odd to feel such blunted emotion. Because while she was alive, there were days that I sobbed all day knowing that I would lose her. Right. You know, knowing that, that, that the time... You know, just even because of the dementia, sobbing all day because I missed my mom. I missed the woman that my mother had been. And I was absolutely, literally doubled over in grief over losing my best friend. And she was down the hall. She was right there with me. And I was devastated because the mom that I know and knew as my mom and my friend, was no longer accessible to me. 
So I, I've had experience of this incredible agony of loss. And in the last seven days, because uh, that's how long it took her from the time that she had uh, the... She had like a probably a mini stroke where she aspirated a little, and um, so it made it worse. And that was the beginning of the the last decline. And that was like it just it was just it was eight days from that time, and having the family in and having and and she was actually pretty lucid, much more lucid than she's been in months. Um, you know, just being there, present, hearing what she had to say, he, and and the just the gift of it, and it is a gift. You know, people shy away, but it is a gift. But I'm surprised. Um, I, I I'm I'm great. I'm actually surprised and grateful that I can have this conversation with you. Oh, good. Really good. So people are uncomfortable with it because they're not familiar with it and they haven't seen it and it hasn't been integrated into their life. So the birth of a child is the birth of the spirit in the new body and the death is the birth of the person into the spirit world. And they each have their own beauty. You know, one feels like hope and the other one feels like loss. So often easier for us to stay connected with somebody in the spiritual world, ask for their guidance, ask for their wisdom. But um, yeah, it's 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 very complex. It, it it is not straightforward. It's it's very complex. So you know, you thought that you had the time and and the space and all the preparation for everything, and there's a lot of acceptance, but. I, I too am surprised by how much I'm saddened by the loss of your mom. I too am really surprised by that because we knew, we prepared, we talked about it, but but the actual reality of it is still has its own pain. Yeah. So it does. So, yeah, yeah. So if if I can ask you to, you know. Where do you, I mean, I would think that you would feel it in your heart, but it's funny because when I tune into your heart, I feel it on the back of your heart. Your heart wants to be numb, doesn't want to really feel it. It wants to, it wants to say that this is something I can make sense of, but you're still feeling it. It's on the back of your chakra, on the back of your heart chakra. Um, actually, it's on both sides, but yes. Uh, it is in my heart chakra and a little bit around my third eye. Okay. So it's interesting because I, I thought, I thought, what do, what don't I want to see? Right. You know, and uh, but yes, you're right. Um, the ache is in my chest and in the back, in my back, in my mid back. Right. Which is definitely both sides of the chakra. You know, it's right. both. And, uh, so, Stephanie, I'm going to ask you a really like personal question. I feel what? <laughs> I'm going to ask you a really personal question, okay? Mm-hmm. 
If I could put you in power of anything at this moment, what would you choose to be in power of? Because once you once you accept your power, then you begin the process to heal. What would you like to be in power of? That is a hard question. You always do this to me. No, no, no. I um, love you enough. I love you enough. You ask me the hard questions. To, what do I want your, to be in power of? To see your full of? potential and to ask you to accept your full potential. I love you in a way that probably nobody else on the planet loves you. <laughs> so, um, but yes, yes, you. Uh, go ahead. What do I want to be in power of? Mm-hmm. It's a good question, huh? It's the truth of the matter, you know. I think... I, I don't know if this is an answer in terms of power, but what I want, I think, more... If I could do anything that I wanted to do, it would be to be fearless, In uh, accepting, uh, fearless in my uh, uh, my um, search or my my journey to um, really accept my um, gifts spiritually. Okay, so can I can I condense and refine that comment for you? Yeah, that would be real helpful. You always do that. That's good. <laughs> okay. Okay, good, good. So you're asking that um, the distorting influence of fear be removed so that you can truly embrace who you believe you are spiritually. Yes. Yes. So, so you kind of an interesting piece of history and I don't know if you're actually comfortable in talking about it but your grandmother was actually directly taught by Madame Blavatsky and I never can say that word correctly I try Blavatsky Blavatsky so even though you know, you are not somebody who was raised in, in you were not actually somebody who practiced the, theosophy, but she is considered the grandmother of the metaphysical New Age movement. It was her thinking and the way that she started um, talking about spirituality that led to the next generation of, you know, Emmett Fox and um, you know, a multitude of other people, Napoleon Hill, that then led to the, where the movement is today. So your lineage, your family history, your genetic memories go back to that point in time, which is a very interesting advantage in one way, and then in another way, it's a very different perspective. So a lot of your energy in your life has been about reconciling those pieces. And people are not perfect, right? People are not perfect. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, people, people manifest and practice parts 
of of the new age, new thought, metaphysical movement, and other parts of their life, they don't, which is completely their option. Um, not everybody is actually brave enough or fearless enough, as you say, to actually make an agreement to practice all parts of it. But I think that you do have an advantage that most people that are just, you know, coming coming into it, I mean, I can't tell you how many people that I meet that are, you know, coming into this movement, and they're the first person in their family to come into it. They weren't raised in it or anything else. Okay? So. Yeah. Right? So, um, third eye is understanding, and, of course, the heart is love. Um, So, you know, really, really understanding the spiritual gifts that you've been given that you were born with, and really you know, choosing to step. When we walk through fear, when you have fear, you know, uh, uh, difficult situations where I'm fearful, I say to myself, you know, it's only fear, you just go forward. You know, and this is sort of a, a, you know, a a relentless, chanted sort of thing when I'm facing something that isn't comfortable for me. Because fear fear is the distortion and the illusion, you know, so it doesn't, fear doesn't mean you don't go forward. It, it, it can stop you from doing something, and then you become paralyzed. But in this situation, I think you have a really unique advantage, Stephanie. I think you really have an extremely um, unique understanding. Uh, and sometimes and sometimes fear simply motivates you well enough to get up and change something. That's a good point. I think in the last couple years, that's, Yes. I, in the last couple of years, I feel like I've reopened myself to my my heritage. Okay. You know, for a long time, I really didn't feel that I um, I deserved or I was mature enough or, you know, uh, I, I really wasn't willing to take the responsibility of managing the energy that I commanded. Right. That sounded weird, didn't it? But that's no, 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 that's true. That's, that's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting because, because by not accepting it, the power became, the power became uh, not within your own hands but sort of became part of your story. And so um, by claiming our power and claiming our gift and claiming our our blessings, which I always think is such an interesting thing because your karma, your your story, has its own blessings. Other people may not ever have those same sort of blessings. And so just because a person has a blessing, um, it it does not automatically mean that another person can have the same blessing. So the blessing that you got, you got that for whatever reason, and that's part of your story. You know, I don't have that same blessing that you do to um, inherit this knowledge at a genetic level. So once you're willing to really accept that, then the transformation begins. It's not like I have to be worthy I have to prove myself. I have to be willing to suffer or martyr myself to it. No. This is your blessing. This is your gift. This is yours. You choose if you want to accept it 
or you know, or not. So remember the story that Napoleon Hill does that every single person is is born um, has a choice of three gifts, and he explains to you how you write that out. So yeah. um, right, so so this gift. You know, now that you've gone through the transition with your mother, now this gift rests in your hands. You are the matriarch of your family lineage. You are the oldest female relative in your family. And so, yeah, I, that's a that's another thing that hit me in the last few days. Is I'm mm-hmm. I'm now the matriarch. You are. You are. You are uh, it's the like whoa, Jack. Um, and honestly, that's such a... I love that. Fun. I love that. Yeah, that's a great comment, Stephanie. Um, talk about that. Talk about how that hits you, how that, that understanding and that responsibility hits you. Talk about that. I, 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 it's, 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 I, I'm speechless. Honestly, it's like, it's this big, whoa. I feel like going dead. <laughs> Whoa! I'm I'm it. I am now the matriarch, and I feel incumbent upon me then to step into the the position of wise woman. I am that. I have been that for a long time, but I refuse to be that. I refuse. To accept my croneness, my wise woman position, um, and I pretended that that isn't so. And with my mother's passing, it's it's been coming. It's not like I, you know, I I didn't do anything. I haven't been working on it. But with my mother's passing, I realized that it's like the mantle got. The mantle got passed to me. Yes. And it's really weird because this is a little side thing. I've always been told, first of all, my grandmother told my mother that I was going to be, um, that I was going to be a herald of the the, uh, age of Aquarius, that I was going to bring people into the age of Aquarius. And... You know, my mom didn't know what that meant, and I certainly didn't know what that meant. Um, and then in readings that I have received over the years, I have been told that my that in my 60s, I would come into my power. And that until then, I would be searching, which oh. absolutely did not make me happy. <laughs> Because I thought sixty, your life was over. <laughs> it was like, wait till my sixties, I'll be dead. But I wasn't. I'm not. No, no, no. Um, but what's interesting is, in the last eight days, which is also interesting, eight and infinity, and it's it's not nine days or ten days, but um, anyway, in the last eight days, that understanding of the mantle being passed to me and being the matriarch of this family, but I'm not just the matriarch of this family. I have a responsibility to be a holder of the light 
uh, uh, I'm not sure whether I'm supposed to actually, like, what I'm supposed to do with the light yet, but I know that I'm supposed to do something with it. And that's the wake-up that I had, the aha. So, And it's, it's very weird, I think. Um, weird. Okay, um, HP, say philosophy again. Say it again for me. The last, what last part should I say? The Bil- last Bilotsky, the um, Madame Blavatsky. Say it again for me. I never say it right. Blavatsky. Blavatsky. So I picked up a book. It's called H.P. Blavatsky Returns. And um, it has a great comment in here, and it says, an education, an educated person has a great, great curiosity about life, and a truly educated person um, expresses joy, great joy in experiencing life and in learning. So the search and the desire for learning seems to me to be about your own personal curiosity. But there's a great benefit at this point in time when you go back and you read these little tiny books because they did these um, short books uh, in a right. series. And they're so much easier to assimilate than trying to sit down and read the giant thick theosophy book. Yeah. So, um, and she was a medium and a great, um, a great psychic, and she definitely did life very unconventionally. She really did. So, it is really about taking you back to those memories that you have inside of yourself that you haven't activated because somebody has told you it wasn't your time, it wasn't your place, it wasn't your understanding of the world. Essentially, you're completely freed of so many of life's responsibilities at this time. It is the very first time, very first time in your life that you can really just say, I'm just doing it because I believe my own curiosity will lead me to something else. So it is a fortunate position. It is a blessed position. You know, it is a spiritual connection for you. But it is also the first time that without constraint, you can completely go forward and pursue what you want to pursue. So so first of all, I want to take and tell you thank you for coming forward and sharing your story and accepting a conversation with me, a reading about what's what's unfolding for you in your life with with openness. You know, this past this past chapter of time you've been so focused on what you need to take care of, there hasn't been the opportunity for you to really, really listen and honor what it is that you wanted for yourself because you just had a lot of hard work. And so it's like you've survived that, and now you're actually free. So, you know, it's a great blessing. I mean, I'm sure it still has pain attached to it, but it is a great blessing. And it's it's one that you get. Not everybody gets this blessing, Stephanie. It's really an awakened moment for you. I... I... I feel that. I feel such gratitude and and awe that that this has happened, that it, it seemed to 
you know, and that's kind of, that's sort of why it's like, yes, I'm so sad to lose my mom. And on the other hand, I feel like so grateful and blessed and, and I, 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 it's such an experience to have grief mixed with joy. Um, and relief and just all the feelings. I'm feel, I have all the feels. I'm feeling all the feels. Um, and that, too, is awesome. You know? Well, yeah. It's, you know, I think, I think you're honest about your emotional process. I think you're very honest about it. So, you know, and it was a promise I made to you from the first point when I stepped stepped up and, you know, involved myself. And I said, and, and I will be with you all the way through to the end until the last day. So, and, and I, I, it's, been a, it's been a great thing in our friendship for me to be there with you all. So, um, yeah. There's many people that are grateful for your experience today, Stephanie. Many people. Oh, thank you. I mean, I I truly appreciate that, and I I appreciate you. You. Oh, thank you. You are a very, very, very dear and precious part of our lives. So I thank you for for talking to me today too. Um, uh, what a, what an interesting release it is for you to do this conversation, and I'm so glad you agreed to do it while while it was still so fresh. And we just worked through we worked through um, hun- over a hundred years of your family history in this conversation. It's an amazing dialogue. Actually, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, very quick, very quick. Um, sometimes I'm kind of sneaky about how I do those little conversations with somebody, but you did it. You did the material, so um, you need to acknowledge yourself for being willing to do it, even even while there was a risk attached to it. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, my hour is up. Please, please um, say goodbye, Stephanie. And, goodbye. Um, goodbye. Goodbye. Love you. I love you. Goodbye. Okay, so you've been listening to a conversation. Uh, Suzanne Wyman, the deep psych, the deep reading connecting you to your soul. You can call me at 714-400-7384. Have a great day, and thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye. Become a Goldilocks Productions VIP patron. Receive exclusive access to live stream special and other epic perks. Join the Goldilocks Productions VIP community today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365 day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 